everything always works out how it's supposed to. You're tuned in to Not Now, Not Never, the podcast where we seek perspective, not perfection. In this episode, we cover diving in, betting on yourself, and solo travel. Because if not now, then when? Well, Rena, this is, are you so excited? I honestly feel like I'm in it every time I listen to you guys in the morning when this gets released. I'm in the shower, blasting the JBL speaker, listening to you guys as if you guys are in the shower with me. We started from the bottom. Now we're here. Fun time. All right. So Rena, we are so happy to have you on the Not Now, Not Never podcast. Super excited to talk about your year of travels. But before we jump into that, you know, us three, Chanel, myself, and Rena have been a trio since 2019, doing the damn thing. Tell us a little bit about yourself, all the things. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I was born in Miami. I'm from Florida. People always talk shit about Florida, but you know, I turned out fine. So I've been in New York for almost actually a little bit over six years now. It's honestly flown by really fast. I, you know, I lived in Boston for six years, four years for university, two years working. And then I was like, I need to get out of here to something bigger and better. So here we are in New York. We live in New York. I don't know. I love the diversity. Honestly, there's like no other place like New York. After being in so many places this past year, there's literally no other place. The food, the people, like the diversity, you can find literally almost anything you want at all hours. I love hosting dinner parties as you two have been invited to a couple. Like our group, I feel like, you know, anyone listening, we just like do the most. We don't know how to do the least, and it's truly unfortunate, but fortunate at the same time. It's our motto. We live in New York. We live in New York. <laughs> uh, we had we decided to have a girls' day where we did absolutely everything. We started our morning off at Soul Cycle. We went to brunch. Then we went to the Guggenheim. Uh, and then we went to um, Bemelman's for cocktails. Gucci. We had like a high low day because after Bemelman's, we went to Gucci. Then we went and got our Orbez red. Uh, but yeah, so I think we have to do another March 3rd where we go and get our auras done again. Mm-hmm. 10, 10 recommend literally request and use your PTO, meet with your girls and have a full fun day. So we have Raina on for this um, episode of the pod. Um, while Emily and I fully believe in the idea of not now, not never, meaning like it might not be for you now, but there's always time. Like it could be for you later. Um, Raina very much lived of the mindset of if not now, when? And homegirl went fully into trying something new, doing the craziest thing ever. And um, we wanted to have her on to talk a little bit about um, this trip she went on. So Rena, tell us about your trip to Asia. I wanna hear just like, how long were you gone for? Where did you visit like exactly? And what types of places did you stay in? And I think I was gone in total for maybe 10 months. But it was like on and off. I was back in New York two times, once for like 
weddings and then one or one other time to pack up my shit and go. But yeah, it was like 10 months in total. So I went to Vietnam, I went to Thailand. It was actually supposed to only be one month. It was supposed to be Vietnam and Thailand. That's it. Get back to New York. Um, I don't know, chill for two months and then find a new job and like get started in September. But you know, this one month was incredible. I had such an amazing time. It was very insightful and like enlightening. But I had to come back to New York because I also committed to two of my friends' weddings, all inter both international. So I went to Dominican Republic and I went to Italy. It was definitely a journey coming back from Asia, then New York for a day, then Dominican Republic, then flying to Italy. It was, my sleep was all over the place. The circadian rhythm was everywhere. Um, but yeah, you know, when I was in Italy, I remember thinking like, wow, I wanna go back to Asia. I'm not feeling done yet. Uh, I was chatting with this guy at the time that I met during my trip and he like convinced me to go back to Asia. He asked, well, he not convinced me. He invited me because I already had this in my mind that I just felt like incomplete and I wanted to go back. And so I told him I, I would. And so, you know, I came back to New York after the weddings. I think I had a week maybe in total to like figure out everything. You know, at the time I also broke up with my ex. That was a very interesting experience. I came back to New York um, after the two weddings and I was like committed to going back to Asia, continuing this trip. And so I packed up all my stuff in boxes, put everything in storage, and then I just went. I originally had intended to go for a few months maybe. I had no timeline. It was a one-way ticket. Yeah, I was gonna ask like, how did you decide like, okay, this is not going to be the month that I go back. Okay, this isn't going to be the month that I go back. Like, was it just as you saw fit? Is, or is that kind of how you thought about it? Yeah, I think, you know, when I first went back, I was like, I knew it was going to be a few months at least. I knew it was going to be a few months. And then after being back for a month, I was like, okay, definitely until the end of the year. So my timeline was through December. My mom, obviously, you know, telling her she was not the happiest as a tiger mom, Asian strict mom. Um, I told her one month and then that one month became one more month, one more month. And then eventually I like grew a pair and <laughs> told her that it was going to be the end of the year. And so, you know, she didn't take it very well at first because obviously why why am i gone for that long like what about a job like you know immigrant family they're always working my parents i don't i don't even know how many days they take off in a year they don't they don't really take days off you know and so uh, they're always working they went through the struggle so i totally understand the mentality of like working hard saving money because that's what their generation had to do and so i think that that really shocked my mom but i told her like you know everything's gonna be fine i'll figure it out it's okay she eventually took it better than i expected because i think that she had no other choice <laughs> at that point so what would you say kind of inspired the original trip to go to asia what triggered that i think you know i was feeling really burnt out at work we were struggling 
all three of us. Um, definitely the burnout from work, COVID, just being stuck. You know, no, like I love traveling and just being stuck with COVID, no traveling. Um, and then working so much, I was so burnt out. And, you know, I was just thinking like, okay, like if not now, then when, you know, like my relationship, I just felt, I just felt things were not aligning. You know, mm -hmm. I just felt unhappy. I was, I felt like I'm stuck in this like routine of like waking up for work, work day. And then I'm so tired at night from burnout and like working and starting over again. Like every day is the same. It just felt, I don't know. It wasn't aligning with what I wanted for my future to look like. And so, and I always knew I wanted to travel. I always knew I wanted to go to Asia. You know, I haven't been to Asia as an adult until this trip. And so I, I left my job and when, like, when am I gonna do this again? And yeah, so I just decided to like do this. My relationship was a bit rocky at that time too. So I really wanted to take the trip for more clarity. Um, I wanted for me and my partner at the time to think about like what our future looks like. Did his goals align with my goals? Like did our futures align? So I really wanted that month to be, okay, let's take this time apart get some clarity on what we both want out of life, out of our relationship. Um, you know, I, it's funny because I did invite him for part of the trip. You know, I wanted to go solo for the first two weeks and I, I invited him to come join me two weeks after. Um, he always wanted to go to Thailand, so I invited him, but he declined. And so that was also just something that like was a bit revealing, you know, him declining the trip he declined because of, you know, didn't want to take that time away from work. But that's so funny because that was one of the reasons why we were in like where we were, like uh, the unhappiness, like he was always prioritizing work over me. And, and so it just didn't align with how I envisioned my future to look like. So honestly, I'm actually kind of glad that he didn't end up coming because that one month was amazing, incredible, insightful, very eye-opening. Um, you know, after that trip, after that one month, came back to New York, had the weddings. And at that time, I think I was still like, you know, coming back on the plane, I remember feeling like, I don't want to go back. Like, I'm scared to one, face the reality. I'm scared to have this conversation. Um, and I'm scared to like, I think like it took, it, it was hard vocalizing it. You know, I think after the first wedding, I still wanted to hear what he had to say. I think like the part of me like was still like, you know, we've been together for four years. I want to hear what he has to say, like what his goals are, what his like, you know, future looks like, see if it aligns with what I've been thinking. But I think deep down inside, I knew that we were done. And like, I think that we probably should have ended sooner. But you know, it's hard being in a relationship for so long. So yeah, after the first wedding, we broke up. I think it's extremely important, like at the beginning of the year, end of year, middle of the year, always doing a check-in with your partner and really strategizing, like have intentional time set aside to strategize how you want the next year or a couple months to look like, because that's the only way you're going to align. And I think that's the key word that you've been saying, Rena, is just like, 
we weren't in alignment and you know what you need to feel aligned. And so I think this feels like it was a little bit on your eat, pray, love journey, but out of curiosity, what would you say was the most igniting part of the trip? So many things. I mean, like this one month, I think it was like relationship clarity, just being out of my comfort zone, being alone and like how empowering that felt like alone solo traveling as a female I think that was really incredible to just have that freedom have that power to like decide what I wanted to do if I didn't like a place I left if I liked that place I stayed longer I didn't book any hotels rooms or accommodations in advance of this trip literally just booked that round trip flight for that one month and then for you know when i went back a one-way ticket i didn't book any accommodations i figured it out as i went interesting and like were you staying in hotels hostels both airbnbs so i knew i didn't want to share a room with anyone of course okay. i am 30 well 29 at that time but I was not going to share rooms anymore. I did that in college. It was a good time, you know, $5 like hostel, sharing a room with 20 other people, holding my bags tightly. But I was not trying to do that this time around. Obviously, I thought about money is important. I need to save money to like prolong my trip. But I wanted to stay in private rooms. So I did a mix of both. I stayed in hotels and I stayed in private rooms in hostels to meet other travelers. But I will say like, you know, being in Asia, hotels are like $10 a night, $15, $20 a night. So it was like affordable. Would you go out with like the people that you met at the hostels? Yeah, definitely. So like hostels are really nice. You know, they set up events. There's common areas to like hang out together. Um, I've met some amazing people in hostels. I've met amazing people on tours that we end up traveling with. What would you say are some lessons you learned along the way? I think some lessons are that like just being very open-minded and flexible. I think, you know, traveling, but also just in life. I think that that definitely translates very well, just... You know, you just never know what's going to happen. I think for me, I was definitely embracing this trip full on, dove deep into it. And I wanted to just go with the flow. I didn't want to like, you know, be tied down anywhere to anyone. I wanted this trip for me. And I think that, yeah, it was just very nice to just go at my own pace also. I think it was nice. Like I said, if I like a place, I stay longer. If I don't like a place, like I'm out of there. Um, If I felt unsafe somewhere, I'm out. You know, I think just going at my own pace because, you know, working at a startup the past few years, we're always like, go, go, go. Living in New York, we're always hustling. We're like, what's next? What's next? Like, what's the next thing we're thinking about? Like, you know, I love planning. I love you know, thinking about the future. But I think another lesson I've been like that really taught this trip really taught me was that just living in the moment and like being present um, and going at my own pace for how I felt in that moment. I love that. No, that's literally on my vision board. It says live in your element. I love that. Yeah. I think that's really good. And I think maybe the idea, the idea of not planning anything 
kind of makes my skin crawl. However, I do like the idea of like, you have like, if you've never been somewhere before, you have no idea what the vibe is going to be. Like when I went to like Italy for the first time, I ended I everyone was always telling me like, you're going to love Florence. It's going to be the best place ever, blah, blah, blah. Like Rome is like fine. So like, don't spend a lot of time there. So I didn't really plan for Rome. Um, I spent a lot of time in Florence and I fucking hated it. It was so boring to me. It was like the worst time ever. I had an Airbnb booked already. So like, I couldn't really do anything about it. I ended up taking day trips to Rome and I was like, I wish I would have decided to come here to Rome and then do like a Florence trip. Yeah. I will say like, you know, it's tough. I obviously wouldn't do this everywhere because I think what's special about Asia and like, you know, countries like Vietnam, Thailand, Laos, these places are very affordable. You know, obviously it's a little different in Italy. Things book up. It's expensive. Everyone and their mothers were flying to Italy last summer because of the euro and the currency exchange like was, you know, in our favor. But I I mean, I, I probably wouldn't be able to like have that luxury in Italy. But in Asia, it was definitely so easy to do that because of how affordable and cheap it was. Mm -hmm. Actually, yeah, kind of, I that's my next question. So I really want to get down to logistics. How did you like plan financially for this? You mentioned like, if I save like if i'm saving money i'm elongating my trip like i don't know like how did you look at your finances and did you have savings for this i know it was like a pretty spontaneous trip at least from the outside looking in um yeah what did you spend how did you decide to spend where you spent all that kind of stuff yeah this is a good question i think for me i it was so spontaneous that i didn't have much of a plan at the beginning so i think for my first month that i was in asia and i thought i was going to come back to new york and that was going to be my end of the trip i didn't have any plan for that mm -hmm. no financial plan i just spent money if I wanted to do an activity, I did. If I wanted to eat XYZ, I did. Um, but I will say it's so affordable. We live in New York. It's so expensive here. So anything less than one month of rent is a win for me. And yeah. so I think that first month in total, I probably spent $1,500. If not, maybe around $1,200 to $1,500, I would say. And, you know, I did a lot of activities. I stayed in hotels, stayed in private rooms, stayed in, yeah, just like nicer places. I ate whatever I want. I did a bunch of tours because it was my first time in Vietnam and Thailand. So I did a bunch of tours, Airbnb experiences, whatever. And I didn't have a financial plan because I always thought I was going to come back and start work in the next month. You know, after coming back and then deciding I wanted to continue this journey, I definitely thought about the finances a bit more. At that time, I lived with my partner, but I moved out. I didn't have to pay rent anymore. So that's like definitely one less obligation. I had savings. I had, you know, I didn't even end up dipping so much into my savings in terms of I had savings, but I didn't want to pull it out. Definitely needed some like backup money for, you know, worst case scenario. But I also had my severance pay. That was really helpful, actually. So I had like three months of severance pay. I stretched that for as long as possible. 
and I think that really like kind of carried me over. I will say like I think each month I probably spent like between a thousand to fifteen hundred, and so it wasn't too much in the grand scheme of things. If I'm like sleeping, eating, like fifteen hundred a month, and I've done activities like I took a scuba diving course. That thing is like it was like five hundred dollars, but you know cheaper than the US. So in my head, I was like, okay, like, this is fine. As long as I'm spending less than living in New York, it's okay for me. Where was the scuba diving course? Uh, I did it in Bali. Oh, fun. How many people can say that they did that? I don't know. I don't know anyone else. I remember my most luxurious meal in Vietnam, I think I spent a total of $23. And your girl had a lot of seafood, fresh. <laughs> I picked them from the tanks. I had shrimp, I had uh, snails, I had uh, this amazing vegetable dish, rice, had a couple of beers. And I had um, one other thing, I think it was a uh, conch a four course meal with beers and it came up to like $23 and it was fresh and delicious and that would be over $100 in New York. I think you could probably get a Mr. Softy double Sunday for $22. How was transportation and the cost for that? I learned how to ride a motorbike, a scooter. I think Vietnam was probably my favorite country because it was my first country that I went to. And so the, I remember landing the first night and like having to cross the street. I was like, when do I cross the street? There's no street lights. There's so many scooters. Everyone's flying in all directions. What do I do? People just say like, walk across confidently and they will look out for you. I did that and everything turned out fine. Thankfully, <laughs> there were no like tourists on scooters or people like me, first time learners on the scooters because it was madness. Vietnam, Hanoi, it was madness. <laughs> but transportation, okay. I learned how to ride a scooter because it costs like $5 to rent it. I mean, I guess I, I don't even know if I would have rented a car. I don't even think I explored renting a car because one, it would have been more expensive and it would have been harder to commute around. Scooters was the way to go. Um, obviously, I did not scooter in uh, Vietnam initially. It was my first time in Asia. Didn't know what I was doing. Didn't know where I was going. And so I downloaded their version of Uber. It's called Grab. And so you can call a Grab and people would come pick you up in scooters. Do I like hold his waist? Like, what do I do? <laughs> You're like, when you like get off the ride, you're like, okay, so what are we? Oh my God. Maybe that's why it's called that. You just got to grab on. <laughs> like sometimes they gave me a helmet and sometimes they didn't. And I was like, am I going to be safe on this? Like I was scared. I was clenching my butthole. <laughs> you're grabbing onto something else. <laughs> so speaking of bumpy roads, Rena. What were like some, you know, we've heard all the highs. I'm curious, like what are some bumps along the way that you experienced? Mm, trying to like, think. You mentioned when you would decide like, I want to extend a place because it's super chill. If you ever felt unsafe somewhere, was there a time when you ever felt unsafe, especially traveling like alone as a woman? You know, I actually think for the most part, I felt very safe. Obviously in some of the countries, 
Vietnam and Thailand, you got to beware of scammers. But I read all about them before I went. So I knew all of the scams. Let's see. You know, there was only one time I actually felt very unsafe. I mean, other than being on the scooter. But in Cambodia, I stayed at this beach bungalow. But then I went to this other beach bungalow that was probably a 10, 15 minute walk through the woods and jungle. And so, you know, during the daytime, that was great. It was fine. There's a, like a paved path there, not paved, but like there's a path there mm-hmm. on the beach through the jungle, woods, whatever. And so I went there during the day to like meet other travelers, hang out, have fun. And then, you know, walking back, I did meet a traveler and he he seemed nice at first. You know, we had like, we chatted for like two hours, like just, you know, fun getting to know each other. Like, where else did you travel? Blah, 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 blah. But, you know, by the end of it, he was trying to hold my hand and landed a kiss on me. And then I was like, sir. Stop it. Sir. And then he was like, I like you so much. And I'm like, I met you two hours ago and I don't like you. And I literally exited. We were I I was like, don't hold my hand. Do not kiss me. Backed up. And I was like, I'm going to go. And then he was like, let me just walk you back. And I was like, I don't want you knowing where I live. So no, I'm fine to walk back alone. Even though it's late at night through the woods, I was a little nervous for sure. And I was nervous that he'll follow me. Started my trip back through the woods and he ran after me. You see, this is why I feel like in these instances, you have to be confident, but and also have to show you're a little crazy because you ever watched the movie? Oh, we watched it together. Leave the world behind. Yes. And they start going crazy to the deer. It's like, that's what I would do to a predator. Like, I would just go fucking buck wild. I would be chomping. In my head, I was like, you know, luckily he wasn't that big of a guy. Maybe I could probably take him on. I had my water bottle with me. Oh, yeah. I basically just like reiterated, I don't want you walking me home. I'm already halfway there, but I didn't want him knowing where I live. So I was like, do not like, please leave me alone. I don't need you to walk me home. So he leaves. And then I have like another like five, 10 minutes of the woods, like walking through. And then there was another group of guys that like, I walked past and I could feel one of them. Like, you know, I think at the time they were probably like joking around or something, but one of them was like, pretty close behind me like hovering me but then I could hear like the other three people in the back like laughing so I figured okay like maybe it's harmless but you know obviously four guys tiny girl in the fucking woods at night if your humor is to intimidate someone else you're a freakazoid even if you're joking you're still a loon I kept looking back because I wanted them to like let them know that I knew that they were behind me. I had my water bottle and then like in my head, I was like, okay, like what's the plan here? I guess I could like reach down and like grab some sand and throw it in their eyes. Like that was my strategy. That is so sad that women, like that is so sad that that is our reality. It is, but also I'm proud of you because I think that's straight up New York in you. That's not no Miami shit, okay? <laughs> no. And there's sand all over Miami. The fact that you can like decide that anything is a weapon, like me and my Stanley, my 40 ounce Stanley will come after you. Yeah, so I think that was honestly the only, I mean, I got home safely. No one, like yeah. everything turned out fine. 
that was probably the only time I felt very unsafe. You know, like actually another instance in Cambodia, I got attacked by monkeys that <laughs> cute from afar, but they're actually so vicious. I went back to my bungalow one afternoon. I had to like take the steps to go because it was in the trees. And so I walk up, not, no monkeys yet. Everything was fine. I was gonna enter my room. All of a sudden, four monkeys just jumped onto my bungalow from the trees. I panicked and I just froze and stood still. And then I was like, oh boy. Slowly back up. I didn't want to roll down the stairs. And I was like, what do I do? What do I do? I slowly back up, walked down the stairs. They ran after me, jumped on me. One of them even scratched me. I was terrified to like I was like googling like oh my god like rabies like do I need a rabies shot you know it thankfully it only broke my skin a little bit and I didn't bleed or anything but that was so scary I had to call people to come and shoo the monkeys off the porch they were throwing rocks at the monkeys to scare them with little slingshot things and then eventually I went back to quickly grab my stuff and I was like, I'm getting out of this bungalow hostel situation to find another place. I had two pairs of shoes that were outside. They were no longer there. You got robbed by some monkeys? <laughs> Literally, the shoes were thrown on the side of the trees and mountain situation. And so I felt bad, but I had to call the people to retrieve my shoes. <laughs> So, so they were found. They were found. I saw them. I mean, I wasn't going to climb over to go get my shoes. I was followed. Some stranger landed a kiss on me. I got attacked by monkeys um, and robbed my monkeys. Those were probably the scariest things I've experienced. Oh, Cambodia. Um, other bumps and challenges now. More Some more serious ones. So you could say, I think obviously the financial pieces, I definitely do have some debt right now after coming back to New York. It's definitely a combination of, you know, obviously moving into my new place, flying back here, like the money that I accrued using to like be in Asia. Um, you know, it's funny because I didn't end up dipping into my savings because I didn't want to, but I did accrue some credit card debt. Um, I just like kept putting almost everything, whatever I could on the credit card so that I wouldn't dip into my savings. So yeah, now I have a bit of credit card debt that I'm still working to pay off. But you know, I'm not worried about it because I, I'm not like a, a need luxury brand type of girl. Like I feel pretty confident in my like spending and saving habits. Whereas like, you know, this is the most debt I ever had in my life. I think I'm honestly right now, I don't even know how much I spent in the whole trip. I didn't want to look at it, to be honest. I didn't want to think about it. I just knew that I had 18K to like work off and pay off. I don't want to like dip into my savings to use because, you know, coming back, I needed to find an apartment, do X, Y, Z, put like basically $6,000 down to move to a new place, whatever it is. So I didn't want to use my actual cash. So I put everything in my credit card, have that to work off of now, but I did balance transfers. So like, you know, I think it was like an 18 month balance transfer situation. So I'm just slowly paying it off every month, like working every time I get a paycheck. I'm like, okay, money towards that, money towards that. And it's been working out fine for me. Obviously, I 
feel very fortunate because I do have a good job now that I feel, you know, at that time, before I even got this job, I thought in my head, okay, like, how am I going to pay off this debt? This is the most money I've ever, like most debt I've ever had. How am I going to pay this off? What's my plan? Living in New York is so expensive. You need a job to live in general, but like to live in New York, you need a good paying job. But I felt confident in my skills and that I was going to find a job. And so I felt comfortable with the debt that I had accrued. So essentially you have um, like 18 months from whenever you got the credit card to mm -hmm. pay down your debt and you did the balance transfer so you wouldn't like accrue any more interest and you wouldn't be paying more than you owe. I, I, this sounds so weird coming from me, but I feel like that's like responsible. Like you decided to take this long trip that totally uh, like changed your mindset. Honestly, if you had never left your job, like who knows if you would have gotten this other job, like if you had never left your job, gone on this trip, extended in those 10 months, you could have gotten another job, but who knows if it would have been as good as this one that you have now. Like, I think that everything happens for a reason and you just kind of like made it all work out. And I feel like debt would scare people and taking that chance would scare people. But I really admire that you like bet on yourself and you were like, it's gonna, like, it's gonna work out the way it's supposed to work out. I always tell my friends this, everything always works out. It will always be fine. Everything will be fine. Everything's mm -hmm. always fine. My friends like call me free spirited. They think like I'm probably a lunatic. They, you guys probably view me as someone crazy. I do think of you as a crazy person, yes. I think I give off vibes that I'm very free spirited. I am, I am, but at the same time, that scenario, I've thought about it a bajillion times already. Yeah. I even like took this risk. I thought about it already, but it's like calculated risk that you end up taking, right? Like you think about like, what do I have to lose in this situation? Oh, a little bit of money, but you know, lifetime of experiences and a better job for me that's more fitting. I'm getting out of a relationship that wasn't serving me anymore. Like I've gained so much in the past year and a half of because of all the decisions I made along the way. And now I just have a little bit of debt and it's fine. Everything's fine. I'm going to pay it off. But it was definitely worth getting into debt for, at least like for me. Would I tell everyone to like leave their job and go travel? Actually, I probably would, but like you have to think about your situation, you know, like everyone's in a different situation. You know, some people have to take care of their family. Some people have college debt. I was fortunate I didn't. You know, some people just don't have the luxury because of, I don't know, whatever reason it is. So really think about like what is holding me back is it fear if fear is the thing that's holding you back i would say okay push yourself like a little bit get out of your comfort zone if it's money like okay think about all of your finances like for me i was like it's a no-brainer you know like living in new york costs so much money and like that one month in asia like it was a thousand dollars fifteen hundred it's not nothing but in the grand scheme of things like 18k really isn't that much money for me really all about the perspective. And I think that's super inspiring that we always talk about this in the podcast, redirection, but I feel like every time you were met with redirection, it was almost like a calling to tell you that you weren't done with whatever you weren't done with. So it kind of did that with your relationship, with the weddings. And it was like, one more time, let's see this through. Yeah, no, it's not 
a fit redirect. Then the same thing with Asia, you went for the month and then we're like, yeah, no, I don't think I'm done. And you went back and now it's gotten you here where you're finally stable. And now you have all these experiences that you can now talk about with us. And I feel like you've grown so much and we see you kind of stepping into your like confidence and the ability to really take these calculated risks. And I think that's why we wanted to have you on this podcast because not many are willing to bet on themselves, like Chanel said, and you did. And look at where you are now. And sometimes we only see the negative and it's kind of nice to see the roller coaster, I would say. It's been a roller coaster for sure. You know, I think when we talk about like redirection and betting on yourself and everything's always going to work out, we don't mean that you just sit there and it happens. You still have to do shit. Like manifestation is not about just putting it out there. It's like putting it out there, walking the walk and talking the talk and doing everything. Cause like you were applying to jobs like weekly, anything, like you were doing tons of interviews, all that stuff during, during that time too. It wasn't like you were just sitting on your ass, like playing with monkeys in Cambodia. You were also applying to jobs. During my last month, um, I put in a lot of time. I started applying, started browsing to see like, okay, like what's my next move here? It's the end of the year. What do I do? Um, so I did apply to jobs. I got an offer, but you know, the pay wasn't what I was looking for. They wanted me to work in person. I didn't want to work like in person four days a week. And I just didn't think that who would have been my manager, like was aligned with what I wanted in a manager. So I declined that offer. Fast forward two months, I was still interviewing. It was hard applying to like jobs. The market last year still like it was horrible. Like there were so many layoffs. I was definitely worried. And part of me was like, should I just take it? Like, should I just take this offer? Even though like all of these things don't align with what I want in my next role. But should I take it anyways? Because I got an offer. It was my first offer. Um, I mean, obviously I was excited about it the offer, but I wasn't excited about that, like prospect opportunity. So I ended up declining, you know, I was still interviewing and I was like, why is everyone declining me or ghosting me or rejecting me? I was in five active interviews in February and I thought, well, at least one of them was going to land, but nothing came into fruition. So I was like, okay, cool. I was back in New York at this time in my one month sublet that was incredible. Nothing landed. So I was like, okay, let me continue traveling, <laughs> go for another two months. Um, yeah, I visited Israel and Greece and I was like, okay, like, what do I do? Like, you know, I, I think I needed a reset back in like February, nothing was landing. I needed to reset what I really wanted because at that time I was still thinking about, is it going to be New York? Is it going to be LA? Is it going to be abroad? I was looking for jobs in Hong Kong. I was like, I speak English. They speak English in Hong Kong. I speak Cantonese. We can make this work maybe. It's kind of like New York, Hong Kong. So maybe it could work. But, you know, I, I think at that time I still wasn't sure. I didn't like have a deep conviction on what I wanted to do next. And I, I think that's probably why none of the jobs came into fruition. But, you know, after traveling for two more months, I did get into an accident. I flew off an ATV. Um, you know, fine now. Obviously, I'm very grateful because, you know, I just broke my back, but that's cool. <laughs> Casual. The worst, 
like Emily and I are so insane. Like we were like we were thinking of going to Greece. We were just like, what if we have to call her mother who probably doesn't know she's on this trip? What if she doesn't have the funds? Like I'm ready to dish in money to like just make sure she's good and comfortable in an Airbnb at a minimum. You can't, we're too creative for this for this world. Yeah, we thought of every scenario possible. It could have been worse, I'm just grateful. And um, Rena, tell us a little bit about your trip back home from Greece. Um, that was amazing, I flew business class back. But it was amazing to fly business class back. Well, because I had a broken back and I definitely needed to be horizontal. And actually, this kind of uh, reminds me, I would definitely recommend travelers to buy traveling insurance mm -hmm. because it saved my life. I, you know, I ended up spending another week in Greece, obviously a great place to recover. It was beautiful. I was sad that I couldn't go in the water, but or the hot tub, but you know, it was fine. It was beautiful. But I did stay at a super bougie hotel because I had traveling insurance. They paid for my hotel, they paid for the like food for the extra days I was there. They booked my business class ticket back for me and flew back on traveling, traveler's insurance. I think, um, yeah, we should all aim to fly business first class in our lives. Oh, I do, yeah. That's why I'm poor though, because I do that already. I, I can't, I, I feel like it would pain me to pay $5,000 to fly I've never class. paid $5,000, but I would if I was going somewhere far. That's a lot of money, that's the trip. That's, that's so true. I'm just such a nervous flyer. I need to be comforted. One day we'll get there. We'll get to first class. I will say, though, that's what I love about us. We hold each other accountable. Our aspirations in life. It's just like, yeah, you deserve less is more. But now I feel like I should go to Vietnam. Give me a scooter. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I think, like, you know, as I reflect back on the past year, I think that you know, some of like the important pieces I would definitely share with my friends or like share with anyone listening is definitely being open-minded. Um, I think that, you know, you can definitely stumble into people that you might like never meet, but being open-minded to meeting them is like very special. Um, being open-minded about like the food and the cultures, respecting like the people there, that, that was really important for me um being open-minded to experiences so i think like just being open-minded and flexible also i think flexibility is very important because you know you're not gonna figure out and plan out everything i think being flexible to you know if you don't like a place move on if you like a place stay longer that was really important being flexible to like problems that happen like things are not always gonna go how you planned it or the way you think it is. You know, I had flat tires along the way. Um, I remember being in the mountain and we had a flat tire. We were like, where's the next place that we can replace this tire? I was honestly a little nervous, but I think the person I was with, like doing this trip together, um, we figured it out. We just like didn't bicker or argue. We figure out the problem. And so like, being open-minded and flexible because shit will go wrong and it's okay. You figure it out. 
fortunately in Asia, it's so cheap. So you have money, you can figure it out. <laughs> um, I think other things I would definitely like my one another piece of advice, the whole like traveler's insurance. I think it's so important. You just never know. Buy the insurance, spend the one, two hundred dollars. It will go a long way for those worst case scenarios. So many things. I think being present in the moment, like really taking a step back. I think we're always thinking like we're always either dwelling on the past or like looking forward to the future. You know, I think that piece like this whole year, me just really taking a step back and just living in the moment was so important for me. It's funny because a lot of my friends were like, why aren't you posting on Instagram? Like, where are you? Like, are you safe? Like, I haven't heard from you at all. And I didn't want to post anything. I wanted to like, just really live in the moment, enjoy it for myself. I didn't want to post things and have to respond to people. I didn't want any of that. So I just really like, enjoyed and I was present. I was meeting the people. I was enjoying the food, enjoying the cultures, enjoying the activities and just being present. I think I want to take that into like even present day now and like moving forward just to be more present and be more intentional about who I'm with, what I'm doing, what I'm spending my money on. The year of intention. Year of intention, choosing where to spend your time wisely, choosing what to spend your energy and money on. Mm. Where would you guys go if you guys were to do a trip like this? Mm. I'd go to Mexico. Mexico's amazing. Mexico or actually Spain and Portugal. Mm -hmm. Spain and Portugal, beautiful. What about you, Emily? Yeah, I think, I don't know. I feel like I would like to go back to my roots. Like I wouldn't mind living in Puerto Rico for a month. I mm. also wouldn't mind doing Mexico City for like another month and really immersing myself. Yeah, season of solo travels. Hashtag everything is fine. <laughs> everything is fine. Everything will be fine. Everything's always going to work out. I love that. Eat, pray, love. Eat, pray, love. Thanks for joining in on this week's episode of Not Now, Not Never. Remember, it may not be for you now, but that doesn't mean it never will be.